Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Wednesday, February the 3rd, 2021. We are continuing our study of the big book. We are in the chapter more about alcoholism on page 34, the third paragraph, How Then Shall We Help? Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Patricia C., 12 Traditions, Deborah M., and readers of the text, Lisa B., Hoodie R., and Kenzin P. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, February the 2nd, the 7 a.m. meeting, 16318, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 16319. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Patricia C. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Patricia. Good morning. This is Patricia C. in North Carolina. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Number eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Number 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we are wrong, promptly admitted it. Number 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters 
and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia C. And Deborah M. will read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Deborah. Good morning. This is Deborah M. from Baltimore, Maryland, compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity, uh, OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop overeating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, O-Readers Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, O Readers Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me serve. Thank you, Deborah M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter more about alcoholism on page 34, the third paragraph. How then shall we? And Lisa B., could you read for us, please? Yes, good morning. Thank you, Lynn. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. 
How then shall we help our readers determine to their own satisfaction whether they are one of us? The experiment of quitting for a period of time will be helpful, but we think we can render an even greater service to alcoholic sufferers and perhaps to the medical fraternity. So we shall describe some of the mental states that precede a relapse into drinking, for obviously this is the crux of the problem. Well, um, I couldn't help but notice that word how, you know, honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. And that's really what I I need to have to to be willing to listen to what's going to be presented to me because they're going to start to present some examples of individuals, um, three different types of cases, and people that picked up, even though they were sober, you know, they picked up. And I've been hammering, you know, in my head about the physical allergy, but now they're going to start to put a little bit more focus into the mental aspect. And I really like that word mental states. And I looked it up and it says a state of mind um, in an agent that could be either love or hate, pleasure or pain. It's, it represents our attitudes, our believing, our conceiving, our hoping and our fearing. And, you know, um, this is really a step one chapter, but it really starts to go also into step two, which is going to discuss my insanity. And that's very much of a, a mental illness that I have as a compulsive overeater. And, you know, um, when I read in the 12 and 12, it says that I can endure the idea of being a problem drinker, but the suggestion that I am in fact mentally ill, like I'm going to balk at that. And that's really where I need to start to have the honesty, open-mindedness and willingness. And I need to listen like a drowning person because this is the crux of the problem. This is the root of the problem. It's the important point. I do have an allergy of the body, which is very horrible, but a worse thing is that, that mental obsession. And I used to think mental obsession means I'm jonesing for cookies, you know, but that's not what it means. It's a mental twist. It's a mental blank spot. And they're going to start to talk about what these mental twists and mental blank spots are. And really, um, I'm like a sitting duck. You know, I don't know when these mental twists or mental blank spots are going to come. I heard a speaker the other day talk about sometimes we didn't realize we had obsession until five seconds after we picked up, you know. So that's why I really need to go through this work listening like a drowning person because in so many ways, you know, I'm totally blind to really what the problem is. That's why I have to keep I have to keep listening, you know, and I need a recovered sponsor and I need to hear the solution. And it's not about worshiping a food plan, you know, but they're going to get into really the, the crux of the problem here. So I'm glad to be here with all of you and I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or the day before, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear you. Who would like to share? Nancy P. Ms. E. Reva P. Adriana T. Okay, so far I have Nancy P, Liz E, Reva P, Adriana C. Is there anyone else?
Shao Kyo Jay. Okay, let's go. This is Lisa um, from Germany. Can you hear me? Okay, there were two people. The lady from Germany, I didn't catch your name. <laughs> My name is Elizabeth. Elizabeth, okay. And there was somebody Thanks. else that I met. Shalkia J. Shalkia? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, Tr- so our lineup this Tr- morning Tr- is Nancy P, Liz E, Reva P, Adriana C, Elizabeth, and Shalki J. We'll start with those. Nancy P, would you like to start for us, please? Yes, good morning. Uh, Nancy P from West Newton, Massachusetts, recovered. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So the reader has to determine to her own satisfaction whether they're one of us. And I was never convinced, you know. I was, a, I was you know, not ever quite convinced. And um, it didn't matter. You know, I was convincing myself. You know, I was demonstrating to myself, for myself, by myself, to myself. You know, there was no other audience or judge or jury except me. And I was never convinced. It was always maybe this time it'll be different. And, um, you know, it never would, it never was different. It never was different. And I felt like, I felt like I was so familiar. I mean, I have been in this program for so long that um, I knew that I was a compulsive overeater, but I wasn't convinced that I was a compulsive overeater, a real compulsive overeater that was, you know, totally powerless in mind and body. Um, it, it was it was a strange sort of um, border there, you know, the meeting of two places. I knew it, but I wasn't convinced yet at the same time. And, you know, I went to a big book meeting a long, I went through the process a long time ago. And at one of the meetings, there was a guy that spoke and he was, um, he said, he said, I'm not very educated, but I knew when they said the crux of the problem, I knew that word was important. I didn't know what it meant, but I knew it was important because it ended with X. And I laughed and I've never forgotten that because it is, you know, the thinking, my thinking was the problem. And my thinking was that I didn't want to be a member of this group. I didn't want to be, you know, like all these fat people that wore awful clothes and just sat around and, and never changed, you know, myself included. And, you know, I would say that the times that I was, um, I was always, my head was always in the food. I never had a moment's relief until I surrendered. But um, the, time, the periods of time where my body was the right size, which was never, they were far between and not for very long, maybe six months at the outside. I was like a tennis ball. I'd lose, 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 and bounce, and then I'd be right back on, way my, on my way up again. And, um, you know, nothing convinced me. No humiliation, time, or any sort of, um, you know, self-knowledge, none of that worked, um, as they'll go into in the, in the stories. But, um, and I, at the same time, though, the, the option of having a spiritual awakening, I thought that being spiritual meant that I had to be a Bible-thumping zealot foaming at the mouth. That's what I thought that meant, and that was unattractive to me, too. So it wasn't until my life convinced me I was in such horrible pain, um, you know, sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And I, I knew that, you know, I had been overwhelmed. Alcohol was my master. That's when I surrendered and that's when I got better. Um, and that's when my thinking just stopped. I stopped thinking. That's what it was. I stopped thinking. And I just said, tell me what to do. And with that, I'll pass. 
Thank you, Nancy P. Lizzie, it's your turn, followed by Reva P. Good morning, Liz. Good morning. Uh, recovered uh, compulsive overeater, Liz E. for Elegant from the UK. Thank you very much to everybody doing service today. Um, and also, I just want to say, because I've had a few people say to me how scary it is to share. I make myself share once, uh, you know, a few times a month. And I'm not really sure what I'm going to say. I've asked God and my higher power to help me. So um, hopefully it's coherent and hopefully helpful for someone. This sentence here, this utter inability to leave it alone, no matter how great the necessity or the wish. Wow, that just sums up everything that I struggled with for years and decades and years. I just didn't know what my problem was. I had no idea. But for decades, I knew I was different. I knew that. But I couldn't work it out. And um, I just think that the whole food thing is a completely misunderstood issue by society. And, you know, I was regularly suggested by health professionals, family, friends, that I tried this diet, that diet, this book, this exercise plan, the other one. And then, you know, um, I have a sister who is in the same size genes for the last 30 or 40 years. And, I mean, how does that work? I mean, I just could not get my head around it. And this word here, baffling, that is where I was before I came to vision. I've been in OA about 10 years. But I've been doing vision meetings for since last March, and it has transformed my recovery. And I have a level of recovery I have never, ever achieved before in all the decade, all the years of going to OA. And this word baffling is just perfect because I'm reasonably intelligent. I've had a pretty successful career, etc. I've made lots of poor decisions in my life. I was like, how can I manage to do these things in my life? But yet I am this person who has, you know, small clothes, medium clothes, large clothes, extra, extra large clothes. And, um, you know, I'm forever cleaning out my cupboards, giving them to charity shop. And I used to think, well, at least I'm helping people by giving away my clothes. And I, that was how I kind of justified it. But I hated it. I was full of shame. I was full of this ickiness. And I did not know till I came here. My problem is I do not know how to regulate my emotions because I use food as my substance. And that, by, um, by studying... Thank you. I'll leave it there. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Liz E. Reva P., it's your turn, followed by Adriana C. Good morning, Reva. Hi, good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. How do I determine if I'm a real compulsive overeater? Well, for me, you know, this chapter and the previous ones emphasized the physical allergy, and I knew I had the physical allergy because I knew if I took one of a certain substance, it was a physiological mandate that my body would demand that I have more and more and more and more. 
and that it was never enough. So that was that was um, clear. But you know, if I just had a physical allergy, like people have shared in the past, you know, like if somebody's allergic to whatever, they just know to not eat it anymore, and it never calls to them, and it never bothers them. I mean, maybe they're disappointed that they can't have it, but they're not driven to go back and eat the thing that kills them to end up in emerge. But this chapter is telling me about the ism of the disease. It's telling me about the crux, the main part of the problem. And I am doomed, not so much because of my physical allergy. I am doomed because I've got this crazy mental twist that makes me go back to the thing that destroys me. And the, the best thing that happened to me is when I first came in, my sponsor would help me rewind, rewind. You know, it was like sleepwalking when I'd be going to the fridge and picking up, and I didn't even know what I was doing till it, it was already consumed. Um, but when I rewound it, like to become aware of what goes on in my mind and the thoughts that drive me back to um, the substance. Um, and we're going to hear more about it in the next few case studies. And it shows me not only do I think, you know, I need this, I have to have this, this is going to help me, I'm just going to have one. But even deeper than that, you know, whether life is going well, like one of the, the guys we're reading about, whether life is not going well, having a job, not having a job, um, I get into self. I don't think life is going the right way. And you know what? Right now, there's a lot of challenges going on for me. And I have great excuses to tell God he's doing things wrong, to be resentful, to be fearful. And those are the things. If I get glued to my defects and I block my channel to power, um, it's telling me later on that the only solution to the crux of my problem is a power greater than me, and I need to access that power by keeping my channel clear, by working 10, 11, 12 for the rest of my life, growing spiritually. And then the ideas, the thinking is transformed, um, never by me, but for me as a result of working the steps. Um, and that is the miracle of the recovery. But I have to understand that, otherwise I'm not going to do all that work. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Adriana C., it's your turn, followed by Elizabeth. Good morning, Adriana. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service today. This is Adriana C. from Detroit, Michigan, recovered compulsive reader. And so grateful to be here and to share on the line today. Um, what stood out for me was the mental state preceding a relapse. Um, when my mental state is not good, which I have to be evaluating my mental state each day, whether I'm a newcomer, a long-timer, or just 90 days in abstinence, um, I need to do something. Um, I need to make an outreach call. I need to do a 10-step. Um, I can't let my mental state run wild anymore. Um, you know, as it talks about in later chapters, you know, resentment is the number one offender um, and fear being, um, you know, this corroding thread. And so um, one of the things that I struggled with a lot coming in with my mental state was, you know, just like someone else shared, really not being convinced that I was a compulsive overeater, but also even when I was, 
you know, questioning everything my sponsor said or, you know, not really picking up on what they were trying to tell me. Like, I was always trying to kind of read between the lines or my idea of what the program was got in the way of what my sponsor and others were actually telling me. They were telling me what to do, not as optional, but these are what you need to do if you want to recover. And so um, I have to remember that every day, like I said, whether I'm a newcomer or whether I'm further along in the program, because our brain as addicts, my brain definitely, tells me different stories and lies. And so I have to stay close to the big book text and what the directions are. You know, they say it's simple, but not easy. But it really is simple. When I'm in a bad place, I need to get into service, the big book tells me. When I'm in a bad place, I need to do a 10-step. It's really that simple. A lot of times it's, I don't want to do that, God. I don't want to do that today. And that usually heads for a day filled with self. Um, I was talking to a sponsor yesterday and explaining that when I wake up wondering, what am I going to do today? What is my plan for today? And bypassing time with God, chances are it's going to be a self-will run riot day. So mental state is definitely the big crux of the problem for me. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Adriana C. And Elizabeth, it's your turn, followed by Shelky J. And Elizabeth, could we have the initial of your last name, please? It's G, like Georgia. Elizabeth Great. G. Great. Welcome. Thank you. Um, so thanks for, for letting me share. I'm, I'm Elizabeth. I'm a food addict from Germany. And... What it says here that whether such a person can quit upon a non-spiritual basis depends upon the extent to which he has already lost the power to choose. Um, And I tried many non-spiritual approaches, uh, support networks, um, reflection analysis. And uh, because I'm somebody who lost the power completely to choose whether I eat or not. Um, All these wonderful solutions out there, non-spiritual solutions, are not working for me. And I, um, very early on, felt that there's something very different with me, even though you couldn't see on the outside, but I felt something is very different with me because I never felt at home in my body and I was comparing my body the whole time to others and I compared myself to how others would eat and I noticed there's something different very early on and my disease progressed very quickly from anorexia into binging over exercising till I lost the control and Completely, over and over again, even within this 12 steps group, when I joined in 1992, um, I had abstinence for 10 years, back to back, no sugar, no flour, weighing and measuring. Um, But I still didn't grasp the spiritual solution that I need. I can't just work the tools and sponsor and, and, and all of this if I don't find a solution for 
the mental states that lead me to um, picking up again. And that can mean starving, that can mean overeating or overexercising. And because it's such a area where there are so many non-spiritual solutions, it's very attractive. Like many people have opinions about overexercising or anorexia and stuff. I have to be honest, I don't have a choice between do I run a marathon today or not? Do I eat more or not? Do I want to weigh five kilograms more or less? I, I have lost the choice completely. And um, even very, very severe physical illness, bearing two children, raising a family, uh, having a very high power job and having the huge necessity, the overwhelming necessity to stop. I could not stop. Um, because it's not only um, the boundaries around the food and, and the exercise. I need um, a solution for these mental states. And I do have a physical illness. I really acknowledge there are substances and behaviors I can't do physically. But the problem starts in the mind. And any kind of therapy and any kind of other approach has never protected me um, and, and safeguarded me when I slip into this mental state. So um, I think that's a huge difference that it here talks about um, the spiritual basis. That's for me the key that I get out of this paragraph. Thank you so much. Thank you, Elizabeth G. And Shalki J, it's your turn. Good morning. Hi, my name is Shalki J. I'm from Ohio, and my name is spelled S-J-O-U. KJE, and um, I was really compelled to share this morning, uh, especially when I was reading the experiment of quitting for a period of time. Um, I just went through a, an ordeal um, driving from Ohio to Florida with two horses and my dog and broke down somewhere in Georgia. And um, so my mental obsession could completely... Um, take over here uh, because I was totally and utterly powerless over the situation and was stuck for three days. However, uh, because I had myself the experiment of quit quitting for a period of time um, successfully and um, because that's the only thing sometimes I can suggest to another, you know, how can I help determine to um, see if somebody is one of us. All I can be is, um, you know, carrying the message and so um, the experiment of quitting for a period of time is, is has been my message through this because what I what I experienced in the last couple of days is absolute complete powerlessness and um, because of this program I have been able to connect to my higher power day after day and because that connection becomes stronger and stronger I'm able to um, survive even the most powerless situation um, and was able to rely on my higher power and not on uh, food. Um, and I was tempted uh, many, many, many times throughout the last couple of days because the default solution of the default person is, um, you know, here, have some hot chocolate, here, have this sugary thing or that sugary thing. And um, I was able to, thanks to my higher power, I was able to... Um, Say, you know, I can't have that. I'm allergic. I can't have it. I'm allergic. Even if I'm in the middle of the night um, and the person that is saving me in the middle of the night is offering me this and I, I'm learning to say no to those things because my higher power is protecting me and um, 
I learned very, very much. The mental states that precede a relapse to drinking, um, my higher power kept redirecting me over and over. Every time that mental state was coming, and especially in the darkest darkness in the middle of the night, when the, the, the doom and gloom comes to me, um, my higher power was there and, and I, I turned to him. And that's the thing. I decided to turn my will and my life over to my higher power in those moments. And it's only because of this program day after day that I was able to do that. So I'm very grateful, very, very grateful to live in the solution and to be able to live in the solution even when my situation is powerless. So um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Shalky J. For those of us who might have come on the line a little bit later this morning, we are continuing our study of the big book in the chapter, More About Alcoholism, page 34, the last paragraph, How Then Shall We? And the line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or the day before, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Marsha. Leon B. Okay, let me tell you who I heard. I'm sure I missed people. I heard Marsha, Mike, and Leon. Who did I miss? Charles H. Lena. Tresha D. What was that last lady? Was it Lena? Lena, yes. Could you spell it, please? L-Y-N-N-A. Thank you. Okay. This is who I have so far. Marsha, Mike, Leon B., Charles H. Lena. I have room for one more if I miss somebody. Devara S. Tricia. Okay, perfect. I've got everybody now. So I have Marsha, Mike, Leon B., Charles H., Lena, Devora, and Tricia. Marsha, could you go ahead for us, please, and could you give us the initial of your last name? Yes. Good morning, OA family. This is Marcia D. in Ohio, and uh, thank you for your service and everyone on the line. I had a profound experience, and I thought this is a group that can appreciate it probably more than any other OA group. Um, I've been struggling with a mental twist, and last night in my prayer, I was crying out to my higher power, whom I call God, you know, God, where's my help going to come from? You know, just intervene in my life. And I turned to pick up my phone and it had randomly pulled up my big book app (laughs) all on its own I'm like okay I get the message and then I decided to go to a meeting and one of my fellows the other day was suggesting I do some writing on an issue I'm dealing with and um, I pulled up the meeting list and I thought well I've never tried an online meeting and up comes an OA writing group and I had a minute to spare to get into the group so I went into the group and I was able to share of my experience with the, the mental twist and um, reflect on my writing. And it was a really good experience. It was exactly what I needed. So I just wanted to, to give thanks to my higher power for directing my path last night. And it, it was just one of those very clear directions and uh, exactly what I needed, you know, turning to the big book, 
finding my solutions. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Marsha D. And Mike, it's your turn, followed by Leon B. And could we have the initial of your last name, please, Mike? Press star one to unmute, Mike. Hi, sorry about that. This is Mike M. from Texas. Please go ahead. I love that um, when I listen to the reading today, it moves from the physical to the mental aspect. Um, and what that tells me is, am I willing to throw away any preconceived notion I've ever had about myself and this problem that I have? So it caused me to think about things that I love about this program. It was the first thing is I love that it's not about being obsessed with the food plan, with the regulations and the rules. It's about the freedom to surrender. I love that because it takes the pressure off me for the first time in my life. The pressure is not on me to stick to this way of, new way of living because now I have a higher power that can take that from me. I also love that it's a personal program because now it's between me and my higher power. So if I am obsessed, not obsessed, but if, if my preconceived notion is thrown out the window, I now have an opportunity to have a new relationship with my higher power. I love that I also hear people from all over the world and in different regions of my home country in this program and in this meeting, because it tells me that I'm not alone. This is universal. It's a disease that does not combine itself to one area, one region, one sect, one ethnicity, one gender. It's universal. I'm not alone. I'm no different from any of you out there. My, my higher power has shown me that I am perfectly abnormal. I love that. I love that God created me to be abnormal when it comes to food. And I was created this way with this physical allergy and this mental obsession in order to experience a deeper and stronger relationship with my higher power. There's so many things to love about where we are and why we are. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Mike M. And Leon B., it's your turn, followed by Charles H. Good morning, Leon. Good morning. This is Leon B., gratefully recovered in Simpsonville, South Carolina. Um, to my own satisfaction, is something that I'm sort of focused on since we've been sharing this morning. And I spent like 13 years in, in the room um, before, and I've told this story before, before I was able to actually get recovered. Um, and I don't think anyone could, or I don't think as this book is getting ready to describe some of these mental states um, or this mental thinking or whatever, that occurs just before we take this first bite. Some of us, we don't, some people don't, well, I didn't think at all. 
um, at some point. Um, but I don't think you could have just read this to me or taught this to me, and I would have got it. Um, I would have received this message. I've read history of, of, of AA, and, and I've read how some people have just been able to read this book and get recovered. And to my own satisfaction, just teaching me this or or reading this to me, that that was not going to convince me. Fred's story, Jim's story, the man of 30, quitting for, I mean, none of that. I mean, it was for me, I'm speaking just for me, to my own satisfaction, I had to be beat down. I mean, that's just how I've always been. I, I had to learn the hard way, pain that, you know, that we talk about being the, the touch, uh, touchstone um, to everything, you know, and in everything in my life, I have just been that, that extreme. You know, my mother would say, don't, don't do this. You know, you couldn't just, she, she couldn't just tell me don't drink alcohol because I went out and drank alcohol. She couldn't just tell me to not have sex. I went out and had sex and made children out of wedlock. I mean, I had to learn the hard way and that's just how I'm wired and I'm cool with that. I mean, I've, I've, um, I've come to grips with that, that this is who I am. Um, I'm born this way. I don't care why. I really don't. I have a solution. Um, and if it, it, it took all that from me to get to where I am today, I love this. Like someone said this yesterday. I mean, I love being one of us as it um, so eloquently points out. And I'll pass to that. You guys have a wonderful Wednesday. Thank you, Leon B. And Charles H., it's your turn, followed by Lena. Please go ahead, Charles. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Yeah, I gotta ask. I gotta ask these questions because it's it's very important. Um, and if it wasn't that important, a big book wouldn't have that fifth element. Question: How then shall we help our readers determine to their own satisfaction whether they are one of us? Um, and and the answer is in the text. Bill is so important, and believe me, I don't know much about this big book. I really don't. I learn by teaching, and my sponsees help me so much. They help me more than I can help them. Um, by experience, right? It, it, it answers the question on, I believe, 31 of this, par- of, this cha- of this chapter. Step on down, right? Because maybe these five characters won't help you. Maybe the Jay Walker won't help you. Maybe Fred won't help you. Maybe Jim won't help you, the man of 30 or young people, right? Um, maybe that won't help you. My own experience can help, you know, and I'm so grateful that I am one of y'all. I- I'm going to share something that's so great. I was able to watch Roots for the first time without feeling no type of way, no resentment, because, um, you know, by doing this work, yes, I had other resentments and I had other fears, um, but that wasn't one of them. And that's a victory for me, especially what happened last year. I could have justified anger, but the AA 12 and 12 says, you know what it says, or if you don't read it, right? So I am so grateful to be on the line and to be one of y'all. Do I like everything that happened on this line? Nah, I'm human, and I embrace it, and I'm all right with that. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Charles H. Lina, it's your turn, followed by Devorah S. And can we have the initial of your last name, please, Lina? Lina, press star one to unmute. I didn't realize it remutes you after if you don't hit star one again. Thank you. It's my name is Lena H. 
I am a compulsive overeater and I live in Virginia. This is my first time sharing. I am new to OA again. Uh, I think I have been coming to OA off and on with very long periods of not coming, probably for 30 years. And uh, the reading is so timely for me this morning. I was, uh, here's how it goes, right? I was in the kitchen opening the dishwasher and there's a glass that has etching in the dishwasher. And I turn to my mom and I say, these glasses can't go in the dishwasher because the dishwasher will ruin it. Oh, I didn't put it in the dishwasher. Okay, well, I asked my husband and he said he didn't put it in there. Did you load the dishwasher? Yes, but I don't believe I put that in the dishwasher. And I am immediately angry, uh, tense, you know, I just keep ruminating over the lack of reality and being more righteous and more righteous and more righteous. And and then I'm on the phone with you all, and I remember Friday something happened, and I had this same emotional state and these same feelings, and I was like, oh, this is it right here. This is it right here. If I keep feeding and indulging this emotion, by the end of the day, I will be completely justified by eating something that I've already said I won't eat. So, you know, I, I, I have been very shy not to share, embarrassed, ashamed, whatever all the things are, you know, when you're new. But I thought today I, I really have to share today to do something different to intervene in you know, this peculiar mental twist that precedes uh, precedes a relapse. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Lena H. Devorah S., it's your turn, followed by Tricia. Good morning, Devorah. Hey, good morning, everyone, and thank you, everyone, that makes this meeting possible. My name is Devorah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. How then shall we help our readers to determine to their own satisfaction whether they are one of us? And um really grateful that I get to have that opportunity coming into OA that I get to determine whether I'm one of whether I'm one of one of you all. Because for years, my whole life, everybody determined for me what I was. As a child, I was a fat kid and everybody was trying to um, you know, put their um, their beliefs on me, you know, and 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 they're you know telling me what I should be doing um, because this is going to help me, and I just didn't get it. I didn't know. I didn't understand. And it went into all the years growing up, you know, and and it, and it, and it brought me to the fact that like, you know, I would just follow people around who would sing and say like, how do you do this? Because I didn't know what was wrong with me. Um, so really grateful that I come into this program and they tell me that you have to figure this out. Are you one of us? You know, do you have this allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind? Then if you do, then please, there's a seat here for you. But before that, I had no idea. And um, so when we read this paragraph here, and it's, and it's going to teach us, you know, the next few paragraphs will teach us, they'll, they'll show us by example people's experiences that they've had with putting down the, the alcohol, putting down the food, and how it took over their lives in, 
in so many different ways that they just they weren't living anymore. So, you know, this was me. You know, I had to see, I had to hear from you people, the experiences. I had to decide for myself, you know, what is it? What was causing me to eat? You know, and once the food is down, and what's, you know, how do I stay stopped by, by living in the steps? And, um, and not in my emotions, um, because that's what I was doing, right? I was turning to the food. The food was just the, the, the food was the, was the answer, right? Um, and it gave me that relief. Um, and now, you know, now I turn to God for that relief. Now I want, you know, what do I want more? I want to be able to serve God in the way that God wants me to without the food, not being blessed, um, and to seek His will in, in all my affairs. And, you know, how beautiful is that? You know, the food is not ruling, ruling me anymore, but, it, you know, the food is not my God anymore, but I have a God, and he's there for me, and he wants me to turn to him in every way. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Devorah. And Trisha, it's your turn, and can we have the initial of your last name, please? Yes, this is Trisha D. is in David. And I'm from Georgia. Can you hear me? Yes, please go ahead. All right. Thank you. Well, uh, thank you for letting me share today. Um, Trisha D. from Georgia. This must be Newcomer's Day. Um, uh, In a way, for me to share right now is uh, taking some courage on my part. And as part of my amends for doing, I had to do a 10-step yesterday. So here I go. the line that really jumps at me that I just want to share is where it says the mental states that precede a relapse into drink or into compulsively overeating. For obviously this is the crux or the puzzle of the problem. For me, I never understood it, but now I do. Now that I've gotten into the big book about the mental states, because I have had several of these blank spots of which I call them where I'm like saying, I know I'm, putting a hamburger bun in my mouth and I don't even eat bread. I mean, that's not allowed. And I'm thinking, what am I doing? And I'm like, this has happened several times in other situations. And now that I've been in this beautiful, beautiful program of a vision for you in the past, I've been in the program for uh, the past seven weeks and I've had 51 days of abstinence, even though I've been in OA, other programs for 10 years. I'm finished the steps like my hair is on fire because I am so, so excited about this program. I feel I've come home. But um, I realize now after I've gone, I've gotten into vision more and more that when I have a blank spot for me, it's because I'm lax in my prayer life and I don't know I'm doing it. And it is vital for me to stay connected to God, who I call my higher power, and follow the steps as vision so strongly um, calls for. I call my sponsor. I, I follow and send my food plan to her. I do service, try to get myself out of the center. You know, I, um, I'm so, also 10 steps. Oh, my gosh. I find myself doing 10 steps when needed constantly, doing my night inventory, my gratitude list. This is a lot of work, but it is vital to have, you know, for me to have a healthy mental state. You know, God's will, not mine. Yesterday, I caught myself, <clears throat> pardon me, driving to an appointment and with just tears in my eyes, thanking God for this program, 
thanking God that I have this disease and that because this is what draws me close to him. And I'm so forever grateful for all of you. So thank you for letting me share today. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Trisha D. And we do have time for one more share. Would anybody like that spot? Hi, um, uh, this is Elisa B. Okay, Elisa, please go ahead. Okay, I'm. I don't really. The truth is, I don't really want to share, but I my sponsor told me I had to, so I'm sharing because I have to share. Um, I. I don't know. I just, um, I guess I'm feeling very tender and I definitely identify with the mental states and everything else. And, um, I'm one of you. So thank you. Okay. We still have time on the clock. Was there anybody else who'd like to share? Hello, this is Savannah. Savannah. Okay, Savannah, please go ahead. Uh, I also uh, don't share often, and I want to keep my recovery, so I'm sharing as well, hard as it is, fearful as it is, and nerve-wracking as it is. I just want to say that I am one of you, and I need everyone on this line every morning. Okay, well, thank you very much, Savannah. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to Team Wednesday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for this morning's meeting, Wednesday, February the 3rd, 7 a.m., is 16323. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Sereni Prayer. Will Hoodie R please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hoodie, press star one, please. Hi, this is Hoodie R. Here, you hear me now? Yes, thank you. Okay, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand him. God, admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.